Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. How many thank God for the word? You, 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 you see the title, you probably see what I'm talking about, but you really ain't got no idea what God can really put into our, into our spirits tonight because we're expecting God to do something special. We don't come here on a Wednesday night just to be mean. We come because God is meeting us here in the sanctuary because he got the answers for our situation and our circumstances. So now we read in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 1 through 5, reading to you out the New King James Version Bible. Follow me as I read. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and is called his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I thought Mr. Wendell would get ready to mention my message, though. Uh, I think he must have peeked at my notes while they were sitting around here. But I'll let him go ahead and just have that little moment right there. Because he don't know exactly everything. I, I, I'm going to explain to you just here if he moaned, but he was in the vein, though. It was in the vein, is that right? Let's read it one more time, and I want to just take my time and just give you a few notes before we dig into it. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, I want you to notice that the Lord is making sure you understand. Watch who enters the sheepfold. You need to watch. He says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So he said, I want you to watch those. There's some that's going to try to climb up some other way. Now, when I first used to read that, I had in my mind somebody climb up the side of a house or something. But do you know that's not what God meant, right? <laughs> so we'll talk about a little bit in a minute what he means by climbing up some other way. But you notice that he calls them a thief and he calls them a robber. One thing you will notice in the text, he does not remove the thief and he does not remove, remove the robber. This father explains to you why sometimes your influence or, try, or the enemy tries to influence you because the enemy, God has not removed the thief and he's not, he, is, he has not removed the robber. And, they, and, and you notice this, they are with the sheepfold. Hmm. Somebody say, hmm. All right, let's go to verse two. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he, uh, excuse me, verse two. But he who enters by the door is the, is the shepherd of the sheep. So, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So notice the pastor or the shepherd is the one who enters by the door. Now, of course, we know door is a representative of something too as well. Because you understand that when God uses words like this, he's just using it as not like a natural door, but he means something by the door. Y'all follow me so far? Let's go to verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I love the fact that God knows my name. 
He can call everybody else's name. I'm glad he knows my name. Yeah, he can call everybody because understand something. When he called Lazarus out of the grave, he could have called anybody's name out. But he chose to call Lazarus out. I'm glad he chose to call us out of our circumstance and our situation. And goes on to read in verse four. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by, by no means follow a stranger. But notice when they hear the stranger voice, what they're going to do. They're not going to try to have a conversation with him. They're not going to try to uh, reason with the stranger. The Bible says very clearly they will flee from him. For why? They do not know the voice of strangers. Sometimes people know too many voices. They know them. Notice what the scripture said. They know voices. Sometimes we know strange doctrine too much, what too good. Sometimes when you hear stuff and you, you know it too well, it can influence you to do ungodly things. So based on what I just read to you, in fact, verse 3 is what I'm going to kind of, well, yeah, verse 4 is the thing that I want to uh, hopefully bring to your attention when we get there in the end. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Notice, the sheep follow them. But before that, in verse 3, in the latter part of that text, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He don't want them to stay in. He wants them to be what? Out. Based on what's read to you, I want to talk to you from this subject. Following our omniscient God will get us out of it. Following our omniscient, omniscient God will get us out of it. Let me say this to you, and I, was, I will, before I put this together, the Lord gave me a thought that I want to share with you that I truly believe will help all of us as we continue to study this subject. One of the things that we must understand that before Jesus came here on the earth, People were already here following somebody. Everybody was following, especially if they was in church. They were following somebody's teaching, ideologies, philosophies, and so forth. So when Jesus came, he knew he would have to do something in order to change if they were following something that was not right. So in turn, they could follow him. Remember what he told us? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He understood that when he, see, people were having church before Jesus got here. People were meeting in the synagogues. People were meeting in places of worship, and they were doing their thing that they did. Now, I, don't, I didn't say Jesus agreed with it. He understood that he was going to teach them a better way, but he understood that people were already doing things in the name of church. And so now he begins to come on the scene, and he said, I got to teach the people. A better way. I'll teach him a better way. So we pick up one of the instances where we uh, are going to learn from. But before I go, let me read this to you. Let me read this to you. Life has a way of bringing about experiences that may or may not be favorable to us. Having the right influence may break or, uh, excuse me, may make or break us during these particular times. And we all have encounters, events, and situations. In fact, if I was to ask some of you in the sanctuary right now, how many of you have had an encounter today, I imagine many of you could give me some type of testimony about your encounter, whether it was good, medium, or it was something that was just off the chain. Everybody has encounters. Some are just 
not as intense as others, but we have encounters, experiences that we deal with on a day-by-day basis. There are people who find themselves leading a life of unnecessary trials, challenges, and even dealing with levels of ruin because they continue to choose to follow excuse me, follow everyone except um, our omniscient God. They want to be influenced by others because why? They're following those who are has don't have their best interests in mind. At times we find ourselves in situations that are less favorable because we have allowed friends, family, colleagues, even church folks to influence us uh, to think, say, and act contrary to what we know is biblically true. You, you got you can have friends, you can have so-called family members and colleagues, people you work with, people you go to school with, uh, that even church people that will try to impact or persuade you or even use their power influence to control you, control the way you think, the way you say and the way you act. So in turn, it is in contrary to what God wants to happen in your life. You know what is true, but there's somebody that's trying to get you to go the opposite of way of what God wants you to go in. Go in a different direction than what the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you. We may unintentionally place more value on how we are accepted and viewed by people in the world more than we value the knowledge and understanding from God's written and revealed word. We may... Uh, <clears throat> We may unintentionally place more worth or merit or usefulness on how we are accepted and viewed by people in the world more than we value the knowledge and understanding that comes from the written and revealed word of God. We place more worth or more merit or more usefulness. In other words, I can I can use what they say in the world more than I can use what God says. And that shouldn't be. That should not be. We should place more worth, more merit, and more usefulness on the written and revealed word of God that God reveals to us on a week-by-week basis. The one that when we study scripture, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Your private devotion time that you have, I'm sure, on a day-by-day basis, you place more value on that than anything else. We can find ourselves doing good when it comes to spiritual and natural matters, such as living for Jesus, giving to his kingdom, maturing in his love, and such like when we start hanging around people that are governed, excuse me, we're we're hanging around people that are governed more by God's views than worldly views. In other words, it's important who you hang around. It's important who you talk to. It's important that who you communicate with. That's why you can experience better, live a life pleasing to Jesus when it comes to spiritual and natural matters, when you are Govern more by God's views than you are worldly views. You don't, listen, worldly views, they have their place, but we're more influenced by what God says in his word and in his ways. That's why you can find people that become twisted in their thinking when it comes to uh, a natural, excuse me, and they think when a natural man really wants to do and be with certain people. That's why people become warped and defiant when they try to spend more time with natural man and when people naturally think. Remember what, uh, what got messed most people up last time we talked? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Many of the people went back on God because they were thinking about it in a natural standpoint more than a godly standpoint. That's why Paul warns us about the company that we keep in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, by saying, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You got to be careful who you hang around. Long story short. 
And when you say hang around, I mean who you let influence your life. Because that's when people I work with, I didn't have, they didn't have no influence on my life. I'll be honest with you because, you know, I knew who they were. The Bible says know them that labor among you. You may have to work with folks, but you ain't got to let them influence you in an ungodly way. And that, and that's, that's, you're going to work with folks. You're going to be in the, in the store with people. You're going to be, uh, going to school with people. You're going to be doing business with people that may be ungodly, but you don't have to let their ungodly ways influence you. That's why evil company corrupts good habits. And, and that's why he said, don't be deceived. Don't be led astray. Don't be led in error. Don't fall away from the truth when you get around folks that are ungodly. And someone should know by now that ungodly people are going to come into your midst. How are you going to witness the folks if you don't tell, I mean, that you don't never deal with ungodly folks? How are you going to tell, tell them about the love of Jesus if you never talk to people that are deceitful every now and then? You can't just lock yourself up in a shell and don't talk to folks and don't nobody know I'm saved or nothing like that. No, the Bible says let your light so shine before who? Men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father. And that is such a, a powerful statement that he makes here in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. Jesus also enlightens us in John 10, 10, that there are people who will come into our lives to do the work of a thief. He reveals the thief mission is in the text by saying that the thief comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Let's go to John 10, 10 real quickly. We're, we're very close to it. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. So we see that the thief, the thief is the false teacher who don't care to instruct people in knowledge and understanding. Those who abuse their influence for personal gains. In other words, they're manipulators. There are manipulators. You got to be careful about manipulators because manipulators want to steal something from you. They want to kill something or they want to destroy something. And this is what you need to understand, that manipulators come because they see something valuable in you. A thief will not steal something if they don't see anything valuable. The thief will not steal anything if he does not see anything that's valuable in you. Now, as we continue to examine the life and mission of Jesus, we find in Matthew 23. Let's go to Matthew 23, verses 1 through 5. That Jesus was exposing the scribes and the Pharisees and Pharisees for the hypocritical ways because he knew their religious teaching would lead people astray. Let's go to Matthew 25, verse 1 through 3. Hold that. We're coming back to John 10 in just a few minutes here. Matthew 25, verse 1 through, let's say 1 through 3. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be lying to ten birds. I'm sorry, read the wrong one. 23. I'm on 25, I'm sorry. 23. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to hear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do not do to, excuse me, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their five, I could pronounce it earlier, Cycle board and enlarge their borders of their garments. 
One of the things you need to understand, before Jesus came on the earth, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing these very things. They were doing these very things. And Jesus knew that he had to change the way that his church was going. He had to change it. He couldn't let the church go in the same direction that it was going. He said, I got to, I got to take my church and go take them another way. Because he understood the way that they were thinking. And you see this here in 20, in Matthew 23, verses 1 through 5. He said, these people are going to do something. These are the leaders of the church, and they're going in another direction that I want them to go. I need for them to go in another direction. It needs to be motivated out of love and not what they can get. It needs to be motivated out of love and not intimidation or fear or religious rules. And so, therefore, he had to change the way that they thought, change the way that they think, and so forth and so on. So now we go back over to our text in John chapter 10, we'll start at verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, but he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some of the way, the same is a thief and a robber. So he makes the statement that there are individuals who would enter the sheepfold, by, but they want to go another way. They want to go up another way. They don't want to go through the door, which is the way that they should go. But I want you to notice in the last part of that, verse 1, but climbs up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. Interesting word, that word climb. It means to ascend. It means to go up. It means to rise up. So when individuals climb, they want to go up, they want to rise up, they want to climb up. So you know that Jesus was not given this example just to be given it. He understood that, and let me, can I be honest with y'all? And don't laugh at me when I say this. I used to think that, that Jesus was talking about somebody climbing up the window somewhere. You know, I get outside when they want to climb up and they want to break in. They don't want to go through the door because the door is where we're supposed to go, but they want to climb up some of the way. And so it took me a minute to get to the point where I understood more about what he was talking about when he makes this statement right here. Climb up basically means he wants to come up, ascend, go up, and rise up. So you got to understand, the enemy wants to go up, rise up, or come up in our presence. What does that mean? He wants to have a bigger influence than God in our lives. He wants to have a bigger influence than God in our life. Because when you climb up, that means you want to go higher. That's why uh, Paul made the statement, casting down imagination and everything, every wicked thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We got some, in other words, you got some stuff to try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. God said, you got to cast that stuff down. You got to get that stuff out of your mind. You got to, because it's going to come. And this is what I, again, I made the statement earlier. I want to go back over it again. The thief and the robber came, and I thought G would say, I'm going to take the thief and the robber and kick them out. Because that would be my philosophy. You see a thief and a robber coming, I'm going to call um, somebody, that, that 911, come get the thief, come get the robber. You ain't going to let a thief and a robber that sit around your house? I'm, none of us are, right? If they're a thief and a robber, we're going to get them out. Because why? They can try to steal something from our lives. But you notice in the text, Jesus never got rid of the thief and the robber. And what what what? And I'm just give you throw something out here for you. I'm going to I'm going to explain a little bit later. If, if you get ungodly thoughts, ungodly things coming towards you, remember the thief and the robber. God never got rid of. If you don't bind the thief and the robber and cast them out of your life, he'll influence you in an ungodly manner. 
Are y'all seeing that? Now, in, he, excuse me, in John 10 and 1, because they refused to enter in by the door. God is concerned about how people enter in. But I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some of the way, the same is a thief and a robber. So somebody coming through the door, somebody going to try to climb up another way. Somebody going to try to do it the right way, and somebody going to try to do it in an ungodly way. I'm going to try to find another way into your life. I'm going to try to find a pathway. And this is what you got to be careful about the enemy. The enemy is a, I don't want to call him a master, but he's pretty good at coming in another way. He'll come in through ungodly friends. He'll come in through what we talked about earlier, people of influence in our life. He'll come in another way. And we have to be careful that we watch how people come into our lives. We have to be careful who we allow influence us in another way. We got to, you especially got to watch for those who are trying to climb up in our presence, trying to send up and go. Watch how people enter into your lives. Watch how people enter into your lives. In my opinion, there are folks with hidden agendas that hidden agendas that can negatively influence people behind the scene and attempt to lead them astray. They want to climb to a place of influence in your life. And you got to be careful who you'll let influence your life. Those that rise up another way, uh, then God designated pathway is a thief and a robber. A thief means embezzler, false teacher and abuser. Thief is an embezzler, false teacher and abuser. And a robber is one who takes something of value, taking property by means of force, Watch this, fear and theft. The enemy, would t- the robber is someone who takes something by force, by fear, or by theft. So we got a thief and we got a robber. It would imply in the text, whew, I wrote this down, but I, the thief and the robber, they're going to enter in and they're going to try to influence the sheep. They're going to try to influence the sheep. So we as a church have to be careful who we allow influence our lives. We can't let strange doctrine come in and influence us away from the will of God or the way of God for our church and for our ministry. We have to stay in line with what scripture says and continue to move forward. That's why God gave us a shepherd. That's why John 10 and 2 is so powerful. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus identifies the shepherd of the sheep. The shepherd is the pastor. Though the shepherd, excuse me, the pastor is one who feeds the sheep knowledge and understanding. He is the person who is the overseer or the governing body of the sheep. Now, the shepherd enter in, enter in by the door. Door is an interesting word because door is the name of him who brings salvation to those who follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Door is, is an opportunity. In other words, it's an opportunity for people to get saved. It's an opportunity for people to give their life to the sovereign God, to the one who brings about uh, knowledge and understanding, the one who brings about salvation. Salvation is in what we, uh, excuse me, brings about protection, deliverance, and prosperity. It's important that we understand that the door is the opportunity for individuals to give their life to Jesus. 
not only give their life to Jesus, but to be guided by Jesus. We have to make up in, uh, in mind that we're going to be guided by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It's a decision you're going to make. Nobody is going to make you be guided by Jesus. In fact, if you don't want to, you still got a thief and a robber that's going to be right there. And they're willing to guide you if you let them. We got to choose to let Jesus be our God. And, but when we do that, when we make Jesus our God, we must be guided by him. We got to follow him. And you notice that the doorkeeper and the sheep immediately respond to his presence in verse 3. Verse 3 says this, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. God's sheep are seeking to follow the omniscient God will find it easy to connect to the God-ordained shepherd. That's why Jeremiah 3 and 15, a pastor gives guidance by the written and revealed word of God in their lives. So if you got a pastor, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. And remember, that's part of his it's opportunity for you to be guided. God would not make anybody be guided. Because the enemy will try to guide you too. Remember, the thief and the robber were there mingling with the sheep. I wish I could tell you that it wasn't, it wasn't like that. But when you read that scripture, you understand clearly that God did not kick out the thief and the robber. Didn't kick him out. I would have gave him the boot. I would have arrested him. Come get him. Come get the thief and the robber. But that's not what God said here in the text. So we know that then he's going to try to influence us. But I got to make up my mind. We're going to follow what God's plan is for our lives. I'm going to make it. I got to make it up. I got to be guided by God. I got to follow the all knowing God. The God's going to use the pastor to lead and guide us into all truth. These sheep. And, and remember, and sheep, if you define sheep as this, those have given their life to Christ and believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember, without the resurrection, there would be no faith. There would be no church. There would be nothing else. We believe that Jesus died and was rose again on the third day. And we're going to do the same thing. When we die, God's going to raise us up three days later. Woo-wee. Well, that's power right there. That is power right there. So when the sheep are in unity with the shepherd and he knows them, they can recognize or hear his voice in spiritual as well as natural manners. When, I, when you say hear, you're going to perceive, you're going to understand, you're going to comprehend. So how do you know you're a shepherd, sheep, I should say? Well, when I speak to you, you're going to comprehend, you're going to perceive, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Why? Because... The sheep know his voice or they hear his voice. Here, I'm going to understand his voice. I'm not just hearing something because you can hear stuff all day long. But if you don't understand it, you're going to miss out on it. We need to understand what God is speaking to us in our life. What is God saying in this day? We need to follow the omniscient God. Remember how he talked to us about um, knowing them that labor among us? When God begins to speak, bigger is here and bigger is coming. When God speaks, I'm going to supply every one of our needs. We hear that. We apply and we, and we take it and we use it in our everyday life. God knows what he's doing in our life. That's why John discusses how the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads them out. Lead means to guide. Remember we talked about earlier that the opportunity to guide. He is a guide. He leads. He guides. Guiding them away from the ungodly to the godly influence in their life. 
Remember that the individual in the church at that time were being led by ungodly influences. Now, Jesus gave them the opportunity to be guided by a godly influence, changing the whole atmosphere, the whole way the church is being ran. He's going to give pastors after his own heart that will feed them with knowledge and understanding so in turn they could be, they could follow the omniscient God and be led like the church was supposed to be done. Because remember, they had a whole culture going on in that church. They had, they had things set up in a way we read in Matthew 25, verse 1 through 5. They had some stuff going on. But God's something to change this whole thing they were doing. And, but he had, to, he had to teach them. He couldn't have come back and just jerk them and say, hey, follow me. He had to teach them why you follow me. You can't just, let me tell you something. I, he, God knows people better than anybody. You can't tell somebody to follow me and then you don't tell them why. You got to know why. And Jesus taught the people why. Remember when he was talking to the people uh, and um, Matthew, excuse me, we talked about, excuse me, in the book of John. And he's in John chapter 6. And, and then all of a sudden he told the folks to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Some will start falling. Because why? They didn't understand. They didn't understand. But once they understood, Peter, Peter said, hey, wait, where am I going to go? You got the words to eternal life. I'm going to follow you from now, and I'll follow you into eternity. Woo-wee. So when Jesus come back for his church, you won't be ready. Well, church, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, hallelujah, the sheep going to follow him. The sheep going to follow him. Follow me, they're going to follow his teaching. And when you say follow, you're going to follow his teaching. Remember that. It's, God is doing stuff. He's going to be changing the way the people think. So he's got to teach the people the way to do it. Uh, in a better way. He's got to develop them. And so he's going to teach people. So that's why in verse 4 we read this. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And let me say this to you. When, G, when they know his voice, God does not make a noise just be making a noise. He makes a voice. His voice is going to be saying something. His voice is going to say something that's going to help us all. That's why the sheep follow they follow him. Sheep going to follow Jesus. The shepherd calls the sheep's name. He takes the lead. And he goes before them. He don't tell them to do something. He's not going to do it himself. The sheep follow him. They follow his teachings. They're going to influence by the way he thinks, talks, and acts when it comes to biblical teaching. We got to understand the way God does things. We know who you are by the teacher that you follow and who you submit to. One of the things we learned back then, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had a certain way of doing things, and people followed that. That's how people knew they were either a Pharisee or a Sadducee by the teaching that they did. Now, we got Jesus coming, and we know you'll follow Jesus by you submitting to the teaching, the way he does things, and the way he uh, carries out his word. How do we know you're a Christian? Because you follow his teaching. You follow the written and revealed word of God. What's written... That's why Jesus said this, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the, of the, word of, out of the mouth of God. We follow his teaching. We follow Jesus' teaching. When, when we don't want to love somebody, God say love everybody. We follow his teaching. When he says give, we give. Why? Because that's who tell us to do. Let's say some of us would not do the things that we do if God did not teach us to do it. God has to teach us. How do you love, why do you love your wife? Because God tell me to love my wife. Why does God, why do you give? Because God tell me to give. Why does God tell me to do a many things? Because he knows what's best for me. 
and I appreciate that because I, I thought I knew, but I've learned over the years, man, my mind can mess up and go a different way in a heartbeat. I need Jesus to instruct me in the way I should go. That's what we say. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So now, as a pastor gets instruction, knowledge, and understanding, as we read in Jeremiah 3, 15, he gets knowledge and understanding, insight on spiritual and natural matters from the omniscient shepherd. He feeds the sheep. The sheep follows, and they all experience better. They all experience better. Boy, I tell you, better is coming when we do what God tells us to do. Better is here when we do what God tells us to do. Many of us right now, we change the way we're thinking and talking and acting, and now we're experiencing better because of it. And it's not our better, it's his better. Better must be defined by God, not us. Because you can define better, but that may not be God's better. We have to find in Scripture what is better for our lives. Now, John 10 and 5, let's read that. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So John 10 and 5 demonstrates that the sheep and the shepherd relation must be strong, that the sheep's voice recognition of a shepherd will protect them from following strangers. Lord knows how to protect us from following strangers. Oh, he knows how to protect us from following strangers. How do you, how do you, how does he protect us? By teaching us. One of the things that I found that it protects you from is the thief and the robber. When you follow the shepherd, it protects you from the thief and it protects you from the robber. It protects you from the thief and the robber. So when he say, I'm going to protect you from the strangers' voices, now, stranger is an interesting word. It means an alien. It means uh, an enemy. And one definition I thought was real pretty neat, they not of the family. And I, when I think about the family, I thought about the family of God. So we're talking about stranger. We, those are people outside of the will of God, outside of the family of God. And God will protect you from strangers. We saw that the thief and the robber was in the neighborhood, right? Because remember, they, they climbed up some other way. And so God had to protect us from the thief and the robber. And the way he protected us is he said, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow. I protect you if you do what I tell you to do. And so God protecting comes from his teaching. Protection comes when you love the way God tells you to love. Protection comes when you stay out of trouble the way God tells you to do. You're protected. You are protected. And even, and let's, just, let's put it on the table, even if we mess up, God has a plan to get us back on track. Ooh, I like that about God. Because if not, all of us have to be perfect all the time. But God has a plan to get us back on track when we mess up. So we don't follow the strain of voices. We, we give them, uh, as well as give them insight on the importance, and God tells us how we need to flee. Flee is interesting, too. Flee means this, seek safety. Seek safety. It means to escape out of danger, to avoid trouble. So when you flee, you don't just flee anywhere. You flee to a place that you can avoid trouble. Because you can run from one trouble to the next trouble. But you need to learn how to avoid trouble. You need to learn how to uh, escape, seek safety. Psalm 91, the secret place of the Almighty God will protect us. I'm paraphrasing this. Will protect us from all the things that are out there. And I like 
the fact that God wants us to escape out of danger. So when you flee, you, you're escaping out of danger. You ain't got to sit there and fight. Talking about, oh, I, 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 I'm the devil's boss and all that kind of stuff. No, you don't want to be the devil's boss. You want God to be the devil's boss. You do what he tell you to do. You bind him up, you cast him out, and then you keep on moving. You keep on moving and allow God to do what he does best. And when the presence of strange teachings, ideas, and mindsets, because remember, the thief and the robber is going to still try to influence you. I wish I could tell you that they're going to be gone, but as long as we are going to be around, the thief and the robber are going to try to influence people to do the wrong thing. And we got to make up in our mind we're going to do what God tells us to do. That's going to be the thing. Thief and a robber, but we can follow our pastor who will feed us knowledge and understanding that comes from God's word. It's a choice we must make on a day-by-day basis. You can follow the thief and the robber if you want to, but that would be a choice you make. That would not be God's choice. But as soon as you repent, God will get us all back on track. Is that right? Ooh, thank God for repentance. Following our omniscient, omniscient, all-knowing God will get us out and keep us out. Will help us to avoid the thief and the robber in our lives, which will also give us the means to prosper. That's why St. Chronicles 20 and 20, believe in the Lord God, thy God, you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Following the all-knowing God. Following the all-knowing God. God, following the all-knowing, the omniscient God will get us out of whatever we're dealing with. And understand, there's a thief and there's a robber, but God don't want you to follow him. Will he try to influence you even after you've been saved for a number of years? Yeah. But God don't want you to follow him. How do you know you're not following him? When you're following the written and revealed word of God, God gives pastors after his own heart to feed us knowledge and understanding. But we have to make up in our mind. We're going to follow the omniscient God. When we do, we're going to be prosperous in every area of our lives. I'm done. Stand on your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.